I not only scaled with all those clients, but I was able to train over a hundred VAs and get them to join a program with no sales page, no website. And so when people get caught up in the prettiness, although it, that cohesiveness is great, right? It establishes your, your face. It establishes your colors. People start to get to know you and recognize you online, but that is not what you need to sell. You need something someone else needs, someone else is looking for, right? And so you just need to be a solution to a problem. And so I tell my VAs all the time that like, those will come along. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 160 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. As of May 2021, the percentage of job postings on LinkedIn offering a remote work option had skyrocketed by 357%. Given that employers are now more open to a virtual workforce, how would you like to turn your skills into a virtual assistant business? Today's guest Saba did just that after getting laid off from her job. Not only did she set up a thriving virtual assistant agency, she has also trained over 100 other people to launch their own VA business. In this episode, she's going to walk us through how we can set up our own virtual assistant business. Before we hear the rest of Saba's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Saba's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of the in-demand VA, Saba Ferdinand. Saba Ferdinand, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So for anyone who hasn't come across you before, could you share who you are and what you do? So my name is Saba, but you'll find people calling me the boss lady. And that's because I kind of went and scaled from assistant to the CEO and founder of the In-Demand VA. You can find me at on Instagram at the In-Demand VA. And so I really like to call myself the virtual assistant mentor um, because that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. But I am also an OBM and also a VA for certain clients. And so I kind of have many hats when it comes to what I do on the side of business. And so online, <laughs> there different people call me different things, but I just like to say that I'm, I'm everyone's business support. Got it. And how did you become a virtual assistant, much less become someone who trains and mentors other virtual assistants? So it was completely by accident. Um, it wasn't something that I even knew what it was, but you know, as COVID took place, everyone in the world, you know, let themselves to figure out what's the next step Mm -hmm. for them as everyone was losing their jobs because I lost my job as well. And so I have a friend who was like, Hey, we should try this virtual assistant thing. I saw an ad about it. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing that. I don't, what is that? And she's like, you know, she kept talking about it for a few days, a week and two. And she, and then she's like, it's closing. Like this course is closing you should really join it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't, you know, I had nothing else to do either, but I was like, I'm not doing that. And then eventually um, she was like, come on, let's do it together. And I'm like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And so I bought that course and I gave it a shot. And then I immediately realized that 
what I knew about social media prior to, because I came from being a food food slash travel blogger. And so I realized that there were some loopholes in that course. And I was like, hmm, you know, I'm going to take what I know with what I learned in this and I'm going to see if I can navigate. And I scaled to having zero knowledge of what a VA is to having eight clients in about three months. And so I was like, well, I clearly know something. Um, and so then people started asking me, you know, what's this VA thing you keep talking about and you seem to be doing what, like, what is that? And I started to not be able to get to everyone to answer their questions on how, what do, how do you begin? What's the first steps? What do you, what's the skills? And so then someone was like, why don't you make a course? You said your course wasn't giving what it was supposed to. So you, why don't you fill in the loopholes? Mm. And I'm like, I've never created a course. Like I've never sold anything. And so with some, with some help from my business coach that I then got, I started to decide that I was going to create a course and I created the course to fill in those loopholes. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it just went, it took off. Well, you were <laughs> it clearly took off. doing something right because you were able to get eight clients fairly quickly. What did you yeah. do to land those initial clients? Really what I did, and, I, and people find this to be very cliche when you say it, but I was one, I was myself. I was 100% just being myself. And two, I just started showing behind the scenes of me learning this process. And I think the behind the scenes of like, you know, I'm getting into, you know, blogging, I'm getting into Pinterest, I'm getting into project management. I was learning how to, uh, you know, create better graphics. People are like, wow, like every day I see you keep showing us that you're learning these things. Mm-hmm. Do you offer them as a service? And so a lot of my clients found me in that way is they were, they saw me doing something and they were like, Hey, can you also do that for me? Without me having to say, this is a service that I offer when it really was something that I was offering. I was just not saying so. And so that's how they all landed on me. That's how, that's how they keep landing on me is that they're like, Oh, I, I saw you post, you know, this the other day, do you also do that for others? And so I really, I owe it to just being myself, right? I didn't like just flip the switch and was like this VA out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, shared the everyday, you know, the the still trying to navigate COVID and, but I'm kind of doing this new venture. Will y'all, will y'all come along with me? And they did. Mm-hmm. And that's how it birthed, you know, creating this, having this knowledge of the VA world and then creating the course. And then now have trained over a hundred VAs in less than a year. People underestimate the value of bringing others along the journey with you because they feel like they've grown up with you and now they're invested. They want to support. They want to see you successful. And clearly something about what you were showing them as far as the work product of you learning resonated enough for them to say, I want her to do that for me. So that's already a huge tip there. But if you were to start again from scratch today, what are the first three things you would do in order to establish your VA business? And this could also be, you know, kind of a combination of what you're recommending other new VAs do as well. Uh, the first thing I would do is I would, I would not be so focused on the pretty, the pretty side of it, like making it all pretty. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, as soon as they get into the, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing online. They think that they need a website. They think that they need branding. They think that they need, to know, you know, all these aesthetically pleasing things. And although those things are great, I personally, I've been in this for over a year now and I just completed my website Mm. by a professional, right? And so if we think I not only scaled with all those clients, but I was able to train over a hundred VAs 
and get them to join a program with no sales page, no website. And so when people get caught up in the prettiness, although it, that cohesiveness is great, mm-hmm. right? It establishes your, your face. It establishes your colors. People start to get to know you and recognize you online, but that is not what you need to sell. You need something someone else needs, someone else is looking for, right? And so you just need to be a solution to a problem. And so I tell my VAs all the time that like, those will come along, right? And the the second thing is that I was really, I was kind of discouraged because I couldn't really understand. I couldn't really articulate what I was doing. And so I thought that I would lose a lot of friends that were not in the same field as me as I was, the field that I was going into. And I realized that as I was going into this field, those new friends came along. Mm. And so not, not only did I like, I lost a few friends because they were like, you're always busy. Like, I can't keep up with you. You know, whatever. I'm like, can you get on my calendar? They didn't understand that lingo. And so they, you know, they didn't really like that. So I lost a few friends, but the, the friends that I didn't lose are still here. And the ones that I gained, I think were worth more than the ones that I had because they are in the same field as me or they went through it and, and didn't make it or are in, are in the trenches with me or are beyond where I am. And they understand when you text them and you're like, hey, you know, let's grab dinner March 3rd, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Is that good for you? Send me a calendar invite. Mm-hmm. They understand that. Mm-hmm. And so I think not getting caught up in the prettiness and, and understanding that you will make new business friends, you will make business friends. And if you, if you can't really articulate what it is at the moment, that's fine. You will get to a point where you can share your story clearly and people will understand. And those that did not come along, they'll get to understand then, right? You can't really be focused on that at the moment, right? And the, and the third thing is that I really wish that they would truly, truly deeply inside of them believe that this is possible for them, right? So a lot of people, they, they are so stuck on the idea that this is not going to work. 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 And then it doesn't work. And so they're wondering like, what, how could this not work? Like I I gave them all, but in your mind, you didn't get, you didn't give your mind to it. Mm. Right. And so I believe that when you can accept in your mind that this is something that's going to work because you're going to make sure that it, it does work and that you're going to do everything that you can on your end to make sure that it works because there's no other outcome for me. Mm. It has to work. And so when you set your mind that way, you are going to show up and work in a way where the only outcome is that it works. You'll land on no other thing because every, every single ounce of you, every single minute of your time is going to go to making sure this goes in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And all I watched my students that do have that mindset, all of them have gone to quit their jobs. All of them have out earned their corporate income. All of them are either building their own teams on it. It's because from the very beginning, they believe that this would work. Mm, I love that. Sometimes it is mindset. You can have yeah. all the skills at your fingertips. So if you don't believe you can use them, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But exactly. when I think through kind of the process for building a business, I feel like a lot of the things you hear have to do with niching down. Is it important to find a niche or select a niche early on as a VA? No. And so I get that question all the mm-hmm. time, all the time, all the time. And I believe that niching down is great. I do think that at some point you should have a very tight niche community that you're speaking to, target audience, and all those things. But at the very beginning, I find it very hard for you to niche down when you don't you don't exactly know what you like to do, mm. right? So 
when you get the advice from the very beginning, you know, you need to niche down, you need to find your, find your people, find your crew. And I'm like, how do you know that when you go from, you know, brick and mortar and, you know, maybe corporate to now you're transitioning to, let's say the whole creative side online. How do you even know what types of creatives you like to work with or what kind of tasks you'd like to do when you've never done that before. So when you, when you shorthand yourself from the very beginning and you're like, I'm just going to be a social media manager, right? It's like, you may not even love social media management, but you don't know that, Mm. but you just stuck yourself into it from the very beginning. And now you might, you might, if your mind is not strong enough, you might go into the online space. And now you hate working online because you're Mm. like, I hate social media. And then you give up. Right. So I always encourage my students that from the very beginning that you should dabble in it all. Do some admin, do some social media, you know, take on some custom packages with clients where you do, you know, a little bit of admin, a little bit of social media, a little bit of creativeness or a little bit of strategy, whatever it is that you like to offer. And from there, you'll notice the things that you're like, "Mm, even if they pay me more for this, I really don't like to do this. You can let it go. Mm. And that's how over time you will you will start to create and craft a package that's the perfect package to offer to that ideal client that you're looking for. So once you start to figure out what it is you want to do, what is the best way to make yourself visible to ideal clients so that you're in a position for them to approach you or you're in a position for them to be more you know, susceptible to your pitches when you do reach out to them? So the first thing and the the thing that people hate the most is that you have to get consistent online, right? And so the online space is is really big and there are a ton of VAs that we we can't even count and they're being created. People are tapping into this market every single day. Mm. And so I believe that if you're going to be on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is, right? Your, your page has to be, your business needs to be open. Your page has to be inviting. And that, I don't mean that by aesthetically pleasing, but I mean by like, your bio has to be optimized to where we know exactly who you're serving and, and, and where we can book a call, right? We don't want to go digging in the links in your bio to try to get in contact with you. Because if I can't find that link in like the first few minutes, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find someone else who is ready for my business, right? And as entrepreneurs, they don't have time to go digging for those things. And so you, you want to make sure that your, I call it your storefront. Your storefront should be open, should be visible, should be clean, should have everything that I need to make a decision right from the get. And then your, once, once they get in, right, your process, is your process seamless? Do I have to you know, go looking for the Zoom link after I booked a call? Is it going to automatically get sent to me? That client experience right there captures you. And even, we, even when you get on the call, you remember that, right? You remember that. And you're like, if this process is so good, just from the very beginning, I can only imagine what it's like working with this person. Right. And then the last thing is that, you know, people hate it, but we got to be consistent, right? You have to show up online. You have, and it doesn't have to be clean cut or whatever, but like, if you work out every morning at eight o'clock in the morning, show us that in your story, because people buy from people, right. And people want to know that you have a real life. And before you hit the desk, you're out there doing something in your life, right? And show us behind the scene of your process. Show us Mm -hmm. behind the scene of you working on other clients' work because then it opens doors for me to know, oh, wow, like if you can do that, you know, like that's that's how it'll look for me as well. Mm -hmm. I hired my social media manager off that same, off those same advice, right? Is that I saw her process of how she maps out a month's worth of content for a client. And I'm like, I, my eyes were just wide open. I'm like, this spreadsheet is everything. I like, I love how, like easy it is and organized it is. And as soon as I became a client, that's exactly what I got, right? So giving giving your potential clients that taste 
literally reels them in. It's the easiest way. Mm. So you said something key is the way people meet you is the way they assume the rest of their interactions with you are going to go. So from a systems perspective, what would you recommend? What kind of systems and processes would you recommend we put in place from the get-go so we set ourselves up for success? I think from the very beginning, you need a CRM system. And so it's client relationship management system. And so whether you use HoneyBook or Dubsado or Bonsai, I believe is one, um, whether you use those, it's you want to make sure that when a client books a call with you, that there's some automation that's happening there to, to where the process doesn't get stalled in between. Because a lot of times entrepreneurs, are when they're looking for VAs, they tend to look very late. Right. So that means they're like hot, ready to go mm-hmm. to hire like today or yesterday. Right. And so they when if I'm hot and ready to pay and I already know I like you and I get in this process and the process stalls, I'm just like, but I need this like now. So like I can just go to someone else. So that CRM system, you want to make sure that it's well oiled, that your your questionnaires are ready to go, that your contract, your proposal will populate when they when they're supposed to, because I'm telling you that first impression those clients away. My, my, my CFO, her process was so good. I was like, wow, you got, she, she said she would onboard me in a day. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. She onboarded me in a day. And it's cause it was so, it was so well done. Mm. Right. And I remembered that from the very beginning. And I'm like, wow, like I, I know their other processes must be good because if this one's good, I can only imagine, right. right? A CRM system. You want to be very familiar with the project management system. And I, my project management system of choice is ClickUp. A lot of people use Asana, Monday, Trello, or whatnot, but I think ClickUp is the best because, again, automation is attached to it. And whether you have your ClickUp set up as a VA, because you technically don't really have to, because you're more than likely going to be added to the client's uh, system, but you want to be familiar with how how it works, right? Mm -hmm. Because once they add you, you're hitting the ground running. And some clients don't train you, like don't give you a little background training when it comes to joining their team. I do. So if you already know the platform, it makes getting into a client's system even more seamless. And so you can just go in, you kind of know where your tasks are, you know how to go back to the homepage, you know, it, it, trust me, it blows the clients away because then they're like, I don't have to train you because you came already trained, Mm. right? As a VA. And, and you want to make sure that when it comes to like client communication, even if you're not using a CRM system, right? You email, email etiquette is something that I think it's like missed, like missed in school, right? And so I think that like, if you are really in it for business, you should have a business email already attached, right? Um, I don't want to email someone, not, I mean, if you have an email, that's, you know, a Yahoo find, right? Or Gmail. But I, I think if you have a business name, it should be, you know, like mine is Saba at the end of mm-hmm. It right? is $5 a month from Gmail to have a professional. Yeah, it's nothing. Right. And you so do people it. automatically look at you. I see big businesses, big business owners with an at Gmail. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And so having prop, that proper email set in place, right? Having a, having a proper email uh, signature there, it really just elevates you when it comes to reaching out to clients, right? Because they feel like they're working with someone who's taking their business serious. And if you're taking your business serious, you're more than likely going to come into my business and take it, take it serious as well. Mm. Yeah, that that is ideal, honestly, that you have kind of the mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, along that same vein, I wonder how to identify clients that are not for you, because I think 
sometimes there are things that niggle in the back of your mind. You're like, "Mm, this might be a nightmare client. How would you recommend we steer away from those? So I always tell my students from the very beginning is that you want to just, it, it's almost like dating, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you want to make sure that you are on the lookout for these red flags from the very beginning because they're always apparent, right? And so first thing, let's say you reach out to a client and they're like, oh my gosh, I need a VA, I need a VA. And you reach out and you connect and you're like, okay, let's book a call, mm-hmm. right? And you're like a weekend and that call has not been booked and you followed up three times already, right? I mean, you seem so hot. And now that I've sent you the call, you can't get to it, right? And yes, you could be busy, but even so, you received one of those follow-ups. And it only takes you a minute to say, hey, I'm real, I'm deep in my work right now. I will 100%, you know, get to this call. I just want to let you know that I did receive your follow-up, something, right? But that chasing the client left on red is, is telling me that you're either tripping over a lot of things in your business to where just bringing an assistant in is not going to, is not going to help you with that. Right. Mm. Okay. Because I am very busy myself. I have VAs of my own. Right. But I'll probably miss the initial email, but the follow-up someone on my team, me, most likely me is going to catch it. And I'll let you know, Hey, I'm a little busy but just hold off. Right. Mm -hmm. But to let it keep piling up, Mm -hmm. just lets me know that that kind of communication is probably what you're about to walk into. You're going to, if you need something from the client, it's not going to be immediate. Right. But then when it's immediate on their end, I need it right now. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to that, that just seeps into being micromanaged. And that's something that I cannot have. Right. Or let's say you send out an invoice to a client. Right. And it, it, it takes a minute to get paid you're probably going to have that issue. Every client that I had that did not pay their invoice, you know, like in the time frame that we gave them, they ended up being the same way every single month. Mm. And that's rough because you also need to pay people who need to pay people. Yeah, so exactly. red flag right from it's the your beginning. Li- it's your livelihood, mm-hmm. right? Or clients who want to have your cell phone number. I had a client that was really, really adamant about I may need you. So I'm just, I'm going to need your, and I'm like, no, you don't need my cell phone number. No one on my team has my cell phone number and they need me. So I don't, I feel like email is enough. I feel like Slack is enough. Zoom is enough. I cannot give you my cell phone number. When would you need to call me that, you know, that we could not communicate via email. And she was just very adamant. And I was like, I can't, and she could not understand. We couldn't come to an understanding as into why she couldn't have my cell phone number. And I'm like, I guarantee you, you're going to try to call me outside of business hours one day because you have my phone number. But if you don't, you won't be inclined to because there's no way you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, my students have ran into clients that, you know, they've given them their cell phone number without really thinking about it. And yes, they do. They call them on the weekend on Saturday afternoon. Oh, They're like, gosh. Hey, did you get that task done on Thursday? And it's like, I'm with my family. I'll check it on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So you did mention that you do have VAs of your own. And that's something I wondered about because one person can only do so much. How does one scale the VA business once they have it up and running? Uh, the The only way for you to take on more clients is to get more hands, right? And so I got to a point where I had a roster of clients and they did not seem like they were going anywhere. And so my clients told me, Saba, mm. I hope you, I hope you're going to get some VAs because we're not going nowhere. And so I'm like, okay, okay. And so I had to go out and I basically started listing out tasks that I 
that needed to be done, either needed to be done for the client or needed to be done for me Mm -hmm. that I no longer had the time to do, or I just didn't like doing anymore. And so I just started running this, this long list of tasks. And then I decided to figure out, okay, how can I bunch these tasks into admin? And then how can I bunch it into creative? And so now I have two VAs, one is an admin, one is a creative. And so those are the tasks that get passed off. And so I tell my students all the time that like, if you get to like six clients and you're one woman, Mm. you're probably, you're at capacity at the, you're at the brim. Right. And so to bring on a seventh and eighth, you need another hand that can take off some of that for you. You pay them a percentage and you make the rest without having to touch it. That's how agencies are built. And so technically I do have an agency that we run, but it doesn't have to be that way. Some VAs don't, they only want to touch every client themselves. And I like my VAs never speak to my clients. I do all my strategy calls. I take all the work and I pass it off. They get it done. We check it off. We pass it off to the client. So the client really still only has me, but they know that someone else is doing the work and they're fine with it. Hmm. No, that's really good advice that you know that there is a tipping point to where people aren't going to get enough of you if you keep doing it by yourself. So yeah, no, they'll feel it. They'll feel it. And it'll take a dip in your, in your, your work ethic in, in your business mm-hmm. and how, and, and people, and you may lose the client altogether if you don't get a handle of it. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure that you're very careful. Like I have a student who does social media and she's like, Saba, I love the graphics, but I really, I can't do those captions. And I'm like, well, if you love the client and the client loves you, outsource the captions. Copywriter. And she did. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so now she has a copywriter. She's a VA who has a VA on her team that does the copywriting for her, who actually loves writing and she loves graphics. So it keeps everyone happy. The client gets their work done. You get to stay doing what you what you like. She gets to do her copywriting and every everyone gets paid. It's the, it's the best thing that you could ever do mm-hmm. for yourself, really. I love it. That's the self-awareness that you need to know that I'm not going to grow. This is going to be a problem if I hate doing part of my business. Um, yeah. So, so far- People get caught, caught up in that idea too, that like someone else can't do it better than me. And I like, man, I, I kind of was that way in the very beginning, mm-hmm. but as I brought on the right people- and as long as you have the right systems in place for them to actually execute the work well, there's people that do it better than you. My manager is better than me. She is she is better than me on a lot of levels, mm. right? And and I'm better than her in a lot of levels, right? But together we make the perfect team. Mm. Yeah. I know. But I needed I needed her there. <laughs> I needed her there. Absolutely. And as I can see, you're, you've grown your business, you've evolved, and you've mentioned that you had to get a few other key people on your team in order to make sure that you are stable as a business. You've mentioned you have a CFO. Who else have you had to, I like to call them your board of directors, who have you had to br- bring in in order to make sure you're running a smooth business? So I've had a business coach. I have my OBM. She's the manager. She manages the team. I have two VAs, but I've had a total of six VAs. Um, I have two right now. I have my CFO. I have a social media manager who also manages the social media side. And then I have a community manager who manages the student community side. So all those people are underneath my manager and then underneath me. (laughs) Wow. And it takes time to put that together, but it looks like you've been able to do that 
over the course of of two years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're about to hit two years. Yeah. And that's something that I think is very difficult for people to get right. What is the right support model to put in place from an operations perspective when you're building a business? And it looks like yeah. you've been, been able to do that very well. But for people starting out now, it's good for them to see what their future could look like as far as building exactly. an organization. I would say though, that like, even from the beginning, I wish I would have it's, it's hiring is difficult, no matter how you look mm. at it, because um, you can make the wrong decision or make the right decision and it ends up being the wrong decision or whatnot. And work ethic, I think, is something that you cannot teach. I think you either have it or you don't. Mm. Um, and so a lot of people may look good, may look shiny and gold on the outside. And then when they come in, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is probably the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> mm. Right. But I would say that, like, it's better to hire specific Right. And so a lot of times we're like, oh, she, you know, she knows how to do a bunch of things. I could just get her to do a bunch of things right in the business. But you start to realize that it, 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 it comes down to you think that they're good in a lot of things, but that's not true. We all are. We're not all knowing. Mm. And so we do have some things that we're better in. So I, I think my hiring got even better when I got more specific. So I realized that I needed an OBM to manage a team. I needed an admin VA specifically to do admin things. I needed a creative VA to specifically do creative things. I needed an email marketing VA to specifically do email marketing. I realized that I couldn't keep up with my books. I could go in, I could get it done, but I was like, I really hate it. Every time I would open up QuickBooks, I would get a headache and I'm like, I know how to do it, but I, I just don't, I don't like doing it. Mm. So I'm like, you know what? Bookkeeper. But then I was like, you know, I need some projections and I need, I need like a real structure going on before I just, you know, scale down to bookkeeper CFO. Cause there's a big difference between CFO accountant and bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was like, you know, social media is cool, but like it takes, it takes a lot of mental energy out of me to think of the content ideas and then create the content ideas and then create the captions and all. And so I was like, can I, I need to get some of this energy out. I need to get some of this out of my head Mm. to free up some headspace. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a social media manager. And so now hiring very specific allows me to really stay where I need to stay and they get to stay where they need to stay. Mm. Um, Rather than just hiring someone who, you know, this VA, she does social media and finance and, and creative and, and you can't, you, you can only stretch her so far as well. Right. So I think once you get very, once you get very specific, you'll realize that you're building a more solid team that way. Mm. So I'm going to ask you a a rapid, rapid fire off the top of your head question. So for the corporate queen sitting at her desk right now, listening to this, and she's wondering, how can I turn my corporate skills into something that's viable as a virtual assistant business. I've heard you rattle off a few different types of VAs there are. Could you share a few more? Maybe it can kind of get the the ideas flowing for someone who's like, I do X in the corporate world. How would that translate to being a VA? So almost, almost everything translates over. The really big difference, and it, it sounds very cliche, but the really big difference is that you are not sitting in your corporate office anymore. You're sitting at home, mm. right? But when it comes to, let's say you're someone who gets all these Excel sheets from all the employees, right? And you have to categorize them or whatnot. You can do that in the virtual world. You can do that right from your home, right? If you are someone who's like an executive assistant who manages the other assistants underneath you, right? To make sure everyone is aligned, you can do that online, right? You would just become an executive virtual assistant, right? Because those exist, right? Or let's say you manage just the team, then you scale into OBM, right? Or Which is an operations business manager, correct? Exactly, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. So the, everything really translates over, right? If you're someone who really, you're always, the one that has to create the presentation slides for 
you know, the business meetings or all those things, right? Or the conferences and all those things. You, you literally do the same thing over into the virtual world. You're just not at the corporate desk. So a lot of my students actually, I have a student that worked for United Healthcare as an executive assistant for 14 years. And she's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to leave United Healthcare. Like, you know, I, I do all these emails and I book all these calls and I, I book the Zoom meetings and I, you know, I clean out the inbox and I make sure everyone's in line. You know, how can I do that? And I was like, if you, if you give me a shot, I got, I got you. Mm. Right. And she took what she knew. We gave her a real business online. You know, you set up the systems to get paid online and all that stuff, because now you don't, corporate's not setting that up for you. Right. You need to know how to invoice. You need to, you need to get your own insurance. You need to be on top of the clients and stuff like that. And she went from being stuck in that job for 14 years, thinking she could never get out to three months later, she quit. And then six months later, she hired her husband because she was so busy. Right. And now she's making double what she made at United Healthcare, but from her home mm. and with her husband. Mm. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's really, it's very much the same work. You're just doing it from a virtual standpoint, mm. so if which some- is why I think the virtual assistant uh, industry is going to really seep into the corporate industry when they realize that like, this is the way the world is going and that maybe we could hire someone at a higher scale to, to train our current like physical employees mm-hmm. to, to, to work from home in a way that still makes sense and they can still get the job done and still collaborate and all that kind of things. I do think that there's going to be a market for like training corporate employees on a higher level to become virtual employees. You just gave someone a business idea because I can see yeah. you marketing that on LinkedIn right now to all the yeah. executives out there who I know a lot of them are becoming more micromanagers because they can't see people physically. They can't tell people are working, but yeah. the training from the top down, I think is a great business idea, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's something that I'm thinking about um, in the later future, but mm-hmm. even myself, I need to be trained in that department as well before you can go off and train someone else. But I do think that that's where the world is going to be headed. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's great because the business gets to save money. Um, your employees will probably be happier because they're home, right? And you, you can still have structure. You can still keep up with them. You can still make sure there's checkpoints, mm-hmm. there's milestones. You want to make sure that they're still getting the job done. Um, but they don't have to, you know, get stuck in their commute and, you know, worry about wear and tear on their car and having to, you know, miss the game or whatever. I feel like it, it gives everyone what they want on both sides. It sounds like it. So now for anyone who's thinking, all right, I want to give this a shot. Maybe I'll start it as a side hustle. Where can we find you? Where can they connect with you after they hear this episode? So you could always email me at support at the com. Me and my team are always in there. You could also find me on Instagram at the VA at the in-demand VA or at www.theindemandva.com. Um, that's where we are housed. We, I not only do mentorship for aspiring VAs, whether you have a background in, you know, the corporate world or there's no background that you have that you cannot translate over into the virtual assistant world because we've had over a hundred students and they come from all walks of life. Their backgrounds are all different and they've all been able to succeed in that way. And so as long as you have an open mind, our mentorship is for you, right? Even if you don't want to go full-time, I get that question all the time. People are like, I actually like my job and I like don't want to quit, but like, I feel like I could be making more. Mm. This could be a side hustle, right? I have students that are moms that love their corporate job, but when they come home, they're like, I have a few hours between when the kids come home 
and I want to make a little more money. And so they do, right? You have two clients and you make that little, that little bit that you were looking for. Um, but we also connect our trained VAs with entrepreneurs. So if you're an entrepreneur, let's say you don't have a huge business and you ju- you really just have some emails that you can't get to and you struggle with posting that blog post every week for your, your blog, your blog audience or whatnot. It really, whatever it is that you need to get done, but can't get done in a, in a virtual standpoint, a VA could be for you. And so we connect our trained VA specifically from our program with entrepreneurs and it's a completely free service. So you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram and you'll find the link and we, you'll let us know what you actually need and we will connect you with one of our students. Oh, that's an amazing service to give people who connect with you within your course as well. And yeah, I might take you up it's on a that. Give, yeah, it's a give, it's a give and give. So mm-hmm. where, where it really came from was because I got to a point where I was, I scaled so fast and people are like, you know, Saba, we need you, we need you. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have capacity anymore. Even with the team, like, I don't want to do too much. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, how can I give these away? And so I started reaching out to VAs um, saying, you know, Hey, I can give you, do you, can you take another client? But then I, then I didn't know that many VAs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, once I started my course, I was able to just create this form. It's completely automated. Once you submit it, we go ahead, we pair you with a VA and they will reach out to you. So it, it, it encourages my VAs, you know, once we give you the skills and we train you now, we're also bringing free jobs to you, but it also encourages the entrepreneur who doesn't know where to start when it comes to a VA that, you know, that you're getting a trained VA for your business. I love that. And maybe you can even monetize it at some point. You never know. Yeah, everyone keeps saying that. And I was like, I don't know. Like I I always thought it would be a free service. Um, but at some point it probably will have to turn into a, into a monetized service because we intend to run ads to it so that the students can always continue to feel like this push of motivation mm. um, because these same jobs have allowed my students to quit their jobs. And so I think that's awesome. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. I I look forward to getting the feedback from this episode because it sounds like this is going to be very helpful to a lot of people. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She'sOffscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.